0: Oh, my.
1: It's so good to see you here today. That's such a good song about wearing a victor's crown. You know, people that achieve in life invest a lot in things. And uh, I was thinking about all of you that are here today. You are a good investor because you have invested your time to come to God's house to learn about spiritual things because someday you're going to get a crown. You're not coming to church for the crown. I know that. But God will reward you. And he keeps down everything we do and say. And we want to be overcomers. Jesus said, he said, what is it profited a man if he would gain the whole world? Just think of the world, how big it is. How awesome it is. If he gained the whole world and he lost his own soul. Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? You are a smart investor because you have taken God's word and made it real in your life. And you have invested your time to come today and listen to the praises and worship the Lord and let God touch your life. Thank you for coming today. I know there's people here maybe for your first time and we welcome you. Thank you for... Taking the time and planning to come and worship with us today. And we have the holidays coming up. And does anybody have trees at your house and the leaves are falling? Let me see your hand. Oh, do you know I heard someone use this phrase millions and millions and millions. I have five maple trees in my front lawn. I had millions and millions of leaves to rake. It's true. But, oh, it's a beautiful time of the year, and I just thought, Lord, I don't know what to do with these leaves, but I rake them out, got them left next to the road, and the big trucks are going to come by and pick them up. And I thought about, we can invest our time in the things here that's so natural, but if we invest like we're doing this morning, in things that are eternal, these things will never pass away, and we're laying up treasures in heaven. So you're here this morning to worship with us, and if you're new, we want to welcome you especially Let's get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another and um, look, find somebody that you don't know and tell them your name and introduce yourself. Do that.
2: Praise the Lord. Sense and feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. Don't you doubt for a moment that He's here. He's here to meet your need, to touch you, and just challenge you and move you into a deeper understanding and an intimate place with Him. So you hold the elements in your hand for communion this morning. Isaiah 53 from the Old Testament. Isaiah was writing about the sacrifice of Christ. In chapter 53, he wrote these words, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Those words were lived out as we see the beautiful pictures of Jesus in the upper room as he's sitting with his disciples, and he begins to share with them his love his mission he reaches down and he picks up a piece of bread and he offers thanks and he breaks it he begins to pass it around to his disciples and he says i want you to take this and eat and as often as you do i want you to remember what i've done for you And they looked at him, I'm sure, looked at him a little puzzled. Then he picked up the cup and he held it up and he said, this cup represents the the New Testament covenant of my blood, my life for yours. As often as you drink this cup, I want you to remember what I've done for you. He begins to share with them something that they, I'm sure, didn't fully comprehend until About 24 hours later, Paul writing about this event that took place that night was referring and looking back to something that Jesus set in motion. You see, Jesus never wanted us to forget that it's never going to be about our religiousness, our goodness. It's never going to be about our ability to change our mind or do better. He wanted us to constantly and always remember and have moments like we're having right now, where everybody points back to Calvary's cross and remembers that but for the grace of God and the mercy of God, every one of us are lost this morning. But I've been washed, I've been cleansed, I've been forgiven, not by my own works, there's no boasting in me, but by the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made at Calvary. Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 through 47, we hear that the disciples went house to house breaking bread. Now, I said at the 830 service, they weren't just having cornbread. They were remembering they were setting the example and they were setting in motion something that 2000 over 2000 years later we are experiencing right now the elements that you hand that you have in your hands were not instituted by a church by a preacher by a denomination the bread that you hold the unleavened bread and the cup that you hold in your hands today was brought to the earth, instituted by Jesus Christ himself. And he said, as often as you drink this cup and you eat this bread, remember what I have done for you. And Paul, writing, said, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He said, For as often, listen, For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. So we're going to continue to show forth his death, live out victory in our lives every hour, every minute, every second until he comes for us. And so we will remember. And it goes on. And if you read that whole chapter in context in the chapter before, you find that Paul was kind kind of upset at the church. I think they had gotten to the place where they thought they were doing it all themselves. They had just kind of figured out their own way of doing church, doing religion, believing in God, and just kind of was making up their own rules. Paul wanted to make it very clear. He wanted to set them straight and get them back on track. And then he looked at them, at Corinth, and he said, let me take you back to the night that Jesus was with his disciples. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're taking ourselves back to the moment in time to get ourselves back on track with what's priority and important in our lives. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is more important than your position, more important than anything you've got going on in your life. The most important decision you've ever made in all of your life was not what new car to buy or what job to take or what house to buy or even who to marry. The most important decision that you have ever made in your life is the decision to accept Jesus Christ into your life. And so this morning, we remember that it's by his sacrifice. It's by his blood. Paul, after he'd gotten done kind of preaching to them, bringing them back in line with with the message of the gospel, he then had them take communion. But he didn't let them do that without first asking them to examine themselves. So this morning, for just a moment, I want you to look deep down inside of your heart because the Bible's clear to continually take communion, partake of this beautiful symbol that Christ brought to the church and to do it casually, to do it common, to carry in it some other thoughts, to be looking around the room wondering who's wearing what, to get your mind off of what it really represents is wrong. And it can bring, it can bring judgment on you. So just for a moment, examine the priority of Christ. Examine your own heart and life. And be ready in this moment to remember. Let's do that. So he took the bread. And Jesus broke the bread, gave thanks. And he said, "Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you." Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for the incarnation. Thank you coming to become one of us so that you could redeem us we thank you for your body that was broken that was bruised that was wounded for our sins then he took the cup he said this represents my blood the covenant that I make with you that your sins will be washed away by the sacrifice he makes he said don't ever forget it as often as you drink it and they drink Hallelujah However you connect to the Lord this morning would you do that right now Lord we honor you we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us white as snow for the sacrifice you made for our sins that we might have eternal life we remember this morning. We honor you and we bless your name. Peace of God, cover me, cover me,
0: cover me.
2: thank you this morning God. We honor you Lord Jesus. We give you praise as we remember today and we proclaim the sacrifice and death of Jesus Christ brings life to those who will only believe. In Jesus name we pray and everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Obviously, you're as excited as I am. Isn't it wonderful? The Lord has given us much to be thankful for. We have waited 25 years for where we are now. 25 years ago we started scribbling on notepad paper and dreaming about the day that we have right in front of us today. It was Brother Watkins, our former pastor. It was his heart and his dream to see this take place. And I'll never forget the day as the bulldozers were building or were moving dirt out there and creating the space that we would have to build. He sat there staring out the window, one of the most precious photos I think I've ever taken in my life, and he cried. This is a a miracle come to pass for us. We've built the hospital in Romania, a five-story building where we spent years paying for that and we went over there several times and today they feed over 1,000 gypsy children a week and they take care of the medical needs and we took care of them and we built that and we focused on that and then we helped with another church up in Barrow, Alaska. We helped them to build their congregation at the practically past, actually they're 50, mile, 50 miles north of the North Pole, if you could believe that. They're so far up north, and I have been there, and I will, I'm will i not going to say I never want to go back again, but I'm going to say that it was absolutely freezing. The day we were there, it was minus 57. It was cold, and this pastor's not used to that. But it, we've helped them build the New Beginning Church of God up there, and we helped this in South America, in Quito, we helped— that little congregation the hosanna christian center to build their building that they're in today and in all that process it was afterwards that god spoke to us spoke to my heart one day in prayer when i said lord we don't want to do this for us that we're not doing this for any personal gain we're doing this because it's been something you put in the vision in the heart of our former pastor and in my heart all through the years and Lord, we're just wanting to know, is there a green light? And the Lord began to show me the medical care center in Romania and the church in Quito, South America and the church at Barrow, Alaska. And he said, I'm giving you the green light. You've taken care of others. It's time now to take care of Middletown. And God began to move and work on us then. And we have built this thing and it is up and ready to go. Last Sunday morning was the first Sunday for our nursery and toddler program. It was so awesome. I went back, I took photos. I shared this with you last Sunday. I was overwhelmed by what I saw as the little kids were checking in and coming in, finding their place and the teachers were all happy and in place and I'm walking out, I got tears in my eyes. I found out after service on the very first Sunday, they were packed with over 80 kids in the toddlers and nursery area. And today is the first day for Rock Island, our elementary education. They've opened up their center, and it's open. I ran down there. That's why I came in after the welcome, because I I ran down there to take more pictures, and I wanted to see how it was going, and they had a room full of kids doing jumping jacks. I don't know what that's about, but they were having a great time. As a matter of fact, I want you to see what's happening back in Children's Church right now, because technology is amazing, guys. This is where we're at right now. That's happening live back in the children's church. And they are in right in the middle of their praise and their worship. And this is Rock Island. Won't you give it up for those kids back there? Do you see that? Look at them posing for you. That new, care, that new facility is amazing with all the greatest stuff. Our kids are gonna have a wonderful time. I told them I said there was only one role that I wanted. I wanted Disney World Church of God. <laughs> and so they've got they got tough, tough pressure on them because I want it to be something that they enjoy so much. I'm thankful for what God's doing and what He's what He's been giving to us. And last Tuesday night, the young people slipped into the new auditorium for a prayer time and a worship time. And I slipped in over there because it was kind of nostalgic for me and for Richard because we were the former youth pastors, so we slipped in the back door wanting to just be quiet, and Cameron, of course, ended up calling us down front, but it was amazing to see those kids as they, the young people, as they were filling up that auditorium on a Tuesday night. Their opening night is November 18th, 19th on Saturday night, uh, the day before our dedication. I encourage you to make a weekend of it, to come and be here on the 19th, starting at Doors open at 5, service at 6. an international youth director, uh, the assistant director, Brother Rob Bailey will be here, and he is coming from Cleveland, Tennessee, to help uh, with their dedication of that new auditorium. We'll have uh, far-flung tin can are coming. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody was having a hostess cupcake on that day. (laughs) Had a little too much sugar on that day. No, that's a that's a cool name, I'm sure, and it's awesome. And they what's awesome about them is that they are the one of the premier rock Christian rock bands that are out right now, and they're going to be here at the Oasis on that evening. So you want to come by, support the young people, support Cameron. They're still raising money for their chairs. They've all those kids have raised the money for 150 of their 250 chairs. So they got a hundred yet to go. Amen. They've done a great job. So if you see a young person and they're trying to sell a chair, buy a chair. It's 40 bucks and it'll give you a seat. You can always walk in and say, hey, that's my seat. So we're excited about all that God is doing. Second Corinthians chapter 9 in verse 6 says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. How many of you know that God wants you to be able to bless in ministry? He wants you to be able to give. God wants you to be able to be blessed and to be able to be a part of his kingdom work around the world. Now, your church practices what it teaches. The offerings in the 830 and the 1040 service we don't keep in-house every dime goes to the mission field. So we live off of the Sunday night offering. And I got some news for you about, about our giving think you should know these kinds of things. In our congregation, we have about right now 30% of our congregation faithfully pays their tithe, 30%. That means 70% has not yet come on board. Well, I want to appeal to you, and I want to ask you this morning to search your own heart about that. God wants to bless you. Now, I know I've had conversations with some who've said, Pastor, I want to give. It's just so difficult right now, and I understand. So well, my prayer has been, and you better hang on to your hat because this has been my prayer. A couple of years ago I did this, and we had a beautiful influx of new folks who, who started giving regularly. I just I, I prayed to the Lord and I said, Lord, I would love to see hundred percent in giving. I said, but, but, but God, I don't want to be selfish. I said, we've got 30% now, so I'm asking you for 50, 50%, Lord. And I thought that was real spiritual and I was being humble. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, is 50% any harder than 100%? And I said, no. He said, then go big or go home. <laughs> he didn't put it exactly like that but he did put it into my heart. You have not because you ask not. So Lord, I'm asking you this morning for 100%. 100% to be a part of the programming, part of the ministry, part of our community and our outreach. We're trying to get some major outreach ministries accomplished. We're trying to do some things and we can't do that on the 30%. We need 100%. So Lord, I'm not asking for 50, but I'm asking for 100. And so how many of you will now join me in agreement of prayer for 100% in our giving? Amen, amen. Well, the Bible says that one will put a 1,000 to flight, two will put 10,000. So I'm assuming that this many folks will make a major dent in the enemy who tries to take all of our money. Come on. The enemy that tries to his best to rob you. I want to be a part of bringing that to the Lord. And I know Virgil Ambergy up in heaven is probably shouting right now because he used to always tell me, pastor, teach the people about giving. He would always tell me after every meeting, he'd say, teach the people about giving. Sometimes in the in a council meeting, he'd lift up his hand and I'd know exactly why he was lifting it. And he'd say, you need to teach the people about giving because he knew its value. Virgil was a giver. I'm, I'm asking the Lord to touch us to do. I don't want us to worry about the economy of God's kingdom. I want us to just be blessed. And I'm not asking it for the church. Because how many of you know the church is going to be fine. God always takes care of his church. I'm asking for you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be able to give when you see a need. I want you to be filled with that joy that comes into your heart when you're able to be that one that gives. And when you do, the Bible says it now. It isn't a preacher. It isn't some preacher up here doing this. The Bible says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. He wants you to be full of joy when you give. And in that process, he also says, never will my seed, be out begging for bread. He'll always take care of you. He always does, doesn't he? How many can testify to that this morning? Father, we come to you. We thank you today. I praise you and I thank you that, Lord, you're the one. I believe you've laid this on my heart because you want your people blessed. You'll take care of your church, your church. This church has been here for 100 years. And, Lord, this church is going to be going when you come. But, Lord, what will we do? what will we do touch our hearts this morning and I'm praying God for 100% in gifts and giving so that people will understand the blessing that comes with serving you I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ asking your work to be accomplished and done through our missionaries that Lord this loose offering will meet the needs in their lives and God you will touch Israel that you will Lord as we pray for her good and seek her peace We ask blessings upon her. And, Lord, we ask your blessings upon the United States of America. Pray your blessings and strength to be with us. Guide us and direct our leaders, our government. Lord, we give that all to you. Because, Lord, when it's all said and done, we pay our homage and our praise and our honor to our king. And that is you, the only wise, omnipotent one. We honor you, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen.
3: Our sins forgived. There is a grave. It dry.
2: Why don't you give the Lord praise this morning? He deserves our shouts of glory, honor, and hallelujahs. He deserves our worship this morning. Don't let a rock cry out for you. The disciples said, If we be quiet, the rocks will rise up and give him praise. The stars will give him glory. The trees will clap their hands. It's time to give the Lord praise. Can you hardly wait? I can't hardly wait till I'm standing around that throne. The Bible says the number of them was thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive honor and glory and power and riches and wisdom. I can't wait till we stand in his presence. What you're feeling and what you're sensing today, what you're f- seeing happen right here, I believe it's kind of like practice, Jesse. It's just kind of like practice. I can't wait. I got loved ones over there I want to see. I got, I got, I want to see David and Joshua, and I want to see what old Moses looks like. But more than anything else, and it's not because it's a cliche. I can't wait to see Jesus for myself, to hear his voice, to see his eyes, and hear him call my name. He knows me, you know. He knows me. Does he know you? He knows who I am. That's the greatest gift of my life, that I have discovered him, that I have found him. Are you thankful for that this morning? One more time, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, oh I sense his presence here today. We sing hallelujah, glory to your name. See if you're visiting with us today, we're we're not a a bunch of too smart Ohioans. But we've come here today, not for one another. We've come here because he saved us, he forgave us, he gave us eternal life as a gift. We've come here to connect with him. See, to me, it's all about connecting with him. I can connect with any church, anywhere, any group, any organization. I can connect with a ministry, I can connect with a preacher, I can connect with a Christian. That's all easy to do in myself, but I'm telling you, when you get in the presence of God, man, I want to grab on to him and hang on for all I got. He's here. You can't find that everywhere. Can't find that today. There's a lot of rioting on the streets these days. This is not like that. This is a celebration of a king that we love and we honor and we praise. And he says that when you praise him, he, began, he sets up his throne right in the middle of where we are. How many of you know he's here today? The Lord Jesus is here. If you don't know him, if you don't know him, let me just introduce him to you because he's here today. i like to introduce you to Jesus Christ, the son of the living God is alive and well. He's here in this house today. And if we got on our knees I appreciate these folks that come to the altar. If we got on our knees right now and spent the next two hours in prayer, it'd be, it'd be worth it, and it would just be a little bit of what he deserves. I'm going to move on. I have a word for someone here today. This morning, I believe, it's from God. I believe that he wants to get something across to us as a congregation. He wants to get across something to you. That what you're going through, the secret trial, the hard, difficult time. God is going to work it to further the gospel, to edify the brothers and the sisters. And it's going to be a light and a witness to a lost and dying world. What you're going through. What you are going through right now, God is going to use it to glorify his name and to further the gospel. Mark down what I just said to you. What you are going through right now is going to further the gospel message of Jesus. It's going to edify your brothers and your sisters. It's going to be a light to a lost world. Can you say amen? I said all that, if I say that, I've preached my message, I'll see you later, I'm going home, just kidding, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter one and verse nine, I do have 16 minutes, so I'll, I'll do it quickly, I like the look on your face when I say that, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Going to read. Listen to what this says. This preaches the message as well. And this I pray, Paul said, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere without offense. Till the day of Christ. Oh, I wish we could memorize that scripture. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense. Till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. How many of you know, I sure would like to see a lot more of the fruit of the spirit in the church today. I would love to see Galatians chapter five take a precedence and priority in the lives of the church. But this is saying, be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But Then Paul changes, changes everything right here. He, he turns around and he gives us something that is like a mysterious surprise. But I want you to know, brothers, that the thing which happened to me, mm, 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 that thing, that thing that happened to you, that thing that happened to him, we're going to find out what's happened to him. Well, I'll just tell you, he's in jail. That thing, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that It has become evident to the whole palace guard, every one of them, and to all the rest that my chains, my chains are not from Caesar, my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains much more bold to speak the word without fear. You are the example. You are the benchmark, the standard of God's excellence in this earth. We're going to talk about that in the next few moments. Father, we ask your blessings on your word. I pray I'll get out of the way. And Lord, only the things you once said to your people will go forth in anointing and empower I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us and challenge us by your Holy Spirit as we give you honor and give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. I just looked back and in my eye, I saw some of my spiritual parents, the Ambergies. Brothers and sisters, Ambergy, would you stand? I want people, this is a pastor, retired pastor in our state. We love them and honor them. They're visiting with us today. It's so good to have them and all their family. Mike, Ambergy, and arena. Sue, glad to have you and one of those. That's a steward boy, right? All right, I've seen you on Instagram. <laughs> it's good to have you all here. These are special people to me. Me and their son Gary were like best friends way back in the in the day, and uh, it's good to see them here today. Paul's in prison. He's writing this this wonderful verse of scripture, talking about you know the excellence and the fruits of righteousness and preaching to people and then he throws something in he, he lets us know all of a sudden that he kind of has an authority on what he's saying he says and I want you to know my dear brothers and sisters that everything that's happened to me my circumstances here now they've helped to spread the good news now this is a hard saying this isn't easy for most folks to get now some of you are going to get turn up your nose and you're going to be a little upset with me today probably. You're going to walk out of here saying, "I don't know about that one, pastor." This is a hard one to swallow. It's, it sounds very biblical. It sounds real spiritual. But are you hearing what he's actually saying? It's there's something deeper in what he's telling us than the average reader will get unless you're really looking closely. You may not be able to handle what you see. It may not be so easy for you to grasp. And if you're going to move forward in God and grow and be a mature Christian, then you're going to get you're going to have to get past this and you're going to have to learn how to handle it. If you hear what Paul's really saying, he's saying, "My chains my chains are furthering the good news of the gospel. My hard time, my trial My trouble, my dark hour, my helpless, hopeless situation is furthering the gospel message. He says, even the palace guards know why I'm here and that I'm not an evil man. All of the palace guards know why I'm here and that I'm not a criminal. Even they know. That I'm only here because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. That's his only crime. And he goes on he says, not only the guards know what's going on now since I've been here. But all the brothers have heard. Several have come by to visit with me. And I've shared with them and told them that God is faithful no matter what. Now Paul, are you sure? I mean, you realize what's going on right now. They just decapitated James and He got a lot of popularity points for that in the election. And so now he's coming after you, Paul. He's arrested you. He's put you in prison. He's going to bring you to trial. And he's probably going to cut your head off. And Paul says, My brothers, even my brothers and sisters are encouraged. And they're speaking boldly for the Lord with no fear. My chains my chains have furthered the good news when we read the word of god we got to take it into context here's the only context you got he was in jail he was in prison for doing the right thing you ever been falsely accused you ever been put in a place where you had to scratch your head and wonder how in the world you got here he was in prison for doing the right thing he was a faithful follower of jesus christ Because he was determined that he was going to proclaim the good news, preach the gospel, he was arrested and put in jail. It's remarkable to know and to see those words in that light, in that context. He's in prison. You know what I've learned in my life? First of all, I'm going to quote the words of Jesus to you. Be of good cheer. When you find yourself in trials and trouble, Going through the fire, going through the water, going through the smoke. When you find yourselves going through these trials, the Bible's clear in James, tell us to count it all joy. Why? Because God don't waste nothing. God's not going to waste one second, not one minute of any trial or trouble or heartache that you are going through. God's not going to waste it. And here's what I've come to find out. We're overcomers no matter what. We are victorious if we follow after Jesus and live in our strength that he provides. There is nothing but victory on the other side of this trial. You may, go be, you may be going into a cave. It may look dark, dungy, and swampy and messy, cold, s- soggy. I'm trying to think of every word I can. That cave may be dark, I'm telling you, you you're a child of God, you're going to come out on the other side. And you're going to be strong, and you're going to be well, your face is going to be lit up, and it's all going to be okay. Because you belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here's what I found out. Here's what I found out in my life. The real words that change lives in my life, maybe my small perspective, but... I have found that the real words that change lives are not found from people sitting in some resort somewhere by a swimming pool feeling inspired to write some quote and tweet and just trying to make everybody feel better with their stories. I have found that words that really change lives come from hearts that are broken, broken hearts that are miserable and going through pain and going through suffering, I have found in my life some of the most godliest people. I think that sentence wasn't a fragment. I have found some of the godliest people I've ever known are people that have gone through the fire and have gone through the trouble and have gone through the horrors of persecution and suffering. In my lifetime, I have seen it firsthand I've watched as people walked away from cemeteries and as they've walked away from emergency rooms and as they've walked away from trouble and from trial and from heartache and heartbrokenness. I've watched as those people became dependent upon God and became strong in the faith and became ones who would be an example and a light like never before. I've seen it in this church. I've seen people in this very church. I'll never forget the night. And sorry, Audrey, I'm doing it again. But I'll never forget the night that I was at the hospital where Vernon Purtum had just passed away. Here is the second husband that's been taken from her family, from her heart, from cancer. and She's standing at the end of his bed and we're all there gathered around and as he passed away her hands go straight up in the air and she begins to just give God glory and honor and praise. I'm looking at a woman who I respect and who I've honored for many, many years, and I see in her life that she's had pain. I see that she's had suffering. I see that she's had heartache and trouble seemingly all the years I've ever known her. But one of the things I'll say about Audrey, like I say about Paul, is that in the midst of every dark hour, she never fails to give glory and honor to God. She has always lived to give him praise and give him glory. And many of you have done the very same. When you and I get it and we understand that the strength that we need to overcome this world, this world don't have any answers. I wish all the, the, the elections, I wish all the votes and I wish all the protesting, I wish all of that was our answer and that it was going to solve everything. But I've already come too far. I already know the answer is still found in Jesus Christ and Jesus only. The answers are not found in more documents It's found in this black back holy Bible. That's where the answers are found. And when we understand that and we hold to that, no matter where we are or what we're going through, Paul says he's faithful, and it will always encourage one another. It will always spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Real words that change people's lives come from people who write or speak from their pain. The goodness and the faithfulness of God. John was on the Isle of Patmos. He had been banished, made and turned into a criminal. But it was there on that cold island in the middle of whatever it was, the middle of the night or whenever it happened to be, as he felt led to get the old parchment out. And in the midst of all the water coming down from the ceiling of that cave, he's writing words in revelation of Jesus Christ, given the greatest revelation of God ever, right in the middle of his brokenness. All the other authors of the Bible, count them. Go down through there and find your biggest, baddest stories from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the disciples that were crucified, from the disciples that were beaten, robbed, and and torn apart in their lives. Every one of those folks, and Stephen, Stoned, all the great men and women of God that suffered. We look at all of those folks, and we understand that there's been sorrow, there's been suffering, and there's been trouble. We can go back to the Old Testament. We can look at... Daniel in the lion's den and we can look at the Hebrew boys in the fire. We can look all throughout the history of this written word that there has always been suffering and trouble and persecution for the child of God. But I've never seen one story yet where they failed to come out the victor. Every one of them come out with a strength and an anointing. And so will you. That ought to cause you to shout. You're coming out. You're coming out. It doesn't matter that they've attacked you. It doesn't matter that they've persecuted you. It doesn't matter that they've come against you and made the pressure so hard. You can hardly get out of bed in the morning. Look up, child of God, and know you have the king of kings looking out after you. And you're coming out. You're coming out. It's a wake-up call for us this morning. Every one of us are expected to live out this victory. Sometimes we think it's just us up here behind the pulpit. We're the ones that that do the preaching. This is just ministry. This is how he set it all up. The real preaching comes from lives that once were in drug addiction that are now helping others and coming out to help them. It comes through those that have been healed of cancer that are now testifying that he's a healer of cancer. It comes from those who have been through the darkness and have come out to shine with light of the Lord. Where the real preaching comes from. Paul says, But I want you to know, brethren, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the kingdom of the gospel. When we die to ourselves, we come alive to Christ. And in that process, man, we learn to praise Him in the midst of our pain. We learn, no, isn't it wonderful? You look at these words of Paul. And you think, man, if anybody had a right to complain, if anybody had a right to gripe, if anybody had a right to be down and mad at somebody, full of bitterness inside, unforgiveness inside, it would be Paul. But you don't hear one complaint. You don't hear anything from him except how much he honors God. And he says, can you imagine, can you imagine what it was like every time a visitor came to see him? I mean, he's chained to this guard. The history of the word tells us this went on for two years. He's chained to this guard. I mean, everywhere he goes, no matter what he does, he's got to be reminded of what's happening. and what He's got these chains dragging all around him. He's got all this happening. Every time he eats, he's sitting there chained to some guard who's looking at him. He lifts up his eyes and he he prays over his food. And he's saying, God, thank you for this bowl of beans that I got. Thank you, Lord, for for this food. Bless the hands that prepared it. Chank, chank. I wish I had a big old chain up here on stage. I won't say chank, chank again, though. Every time he goes to the restroom, he's dragging that old ball and chain around. Not ball and chain, but he's dragging that chain around. He's got somebody standing over top of him. Every time he gets down to pray to his God, he gets down on his knees, he's wrapping himself all around the chain, and that man's standing over top of him. Every time he gets his parchment out, the Carpenter, and he's writing. He's feeling the inspiration of the Lord, and he's talking about the palace guards, and he's talking about the faithfulness of God, and as he's writing these things down, that old guard is looking over, looking at him, watching every word he's writing, everywhere he's at, every visitor that comes. That guard's got to sit there and listen while he tells them God is faithful and God is good. Go back and tell my brothers, go back and tell my sisters he's good. He's God. Don't let them get discouraged. Tell them to keep on the firing line and to not give up because God is still faithful. No matter what, those guards, it says, by the end of it, Paul wrote in his words, he said, man, even the palace guards know what's going on. There's no way that they stood with Paul, slept with Paul, ate with Paul, stood time of him everywhere he went and they didn't feel the anointing of the calling that was on his life and you need to get that you are anointed child of God wherever you go it's an opportunity for you to honor the Lord Jesus Christ in your chain it's your opportunity to honor him in your chains don't give in don't give up Don't let them get the advantage over you. Like what I heard one time, they said they could hear Paul's very thoughts. Paul would have said, it's not me that's chained to that guard or to those guards, but it's that poor old guard that's chained to me. He's gotta go everywhere I go. He's gotta hear everything I everything I say. He's gotta be a part of every prayer I pray. That old guard, man, he can't get away from me. He probably turned it. By the end of it, they were probably pulling as far to the right of that chain as they possibly could, trying to get away. Hey man, you gotta do your six hours with Paul. Yeah, man, I gotta do it tonight. Man, what's that, what's that? What does it look like to you? I don't know, man. I just want to get away from him. I don't know what it is about him, but I know he ain't guilty. I know that he ain't bad, but I don't know what it is. You know, I believe with all my heart there was more evangelism done inside the walls of that jail and more done there in that prison experience than any other evangelistic crusade that ever took place. And guess what? The Roman government paid for it. I like that. Caesar had to pay for it. But then the word came back that the brothers and the sisters were encouraged. They were bolder than they'd ever been. Don't you dare give in to what's going on around you? Realize that your circumstances, when you're right, I'm not talking about, we find ourselves in circumstances because of sin. Because we've chosen to do wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who are living right, like Isaiah chapter 50, where he says, what do you do when you have walked right? You've heard the voice of God, and you've followed in obedience to him, and yet you find yourself in a dark place. You find yourself in a horrible hole where you can't get out. The writer said, I know what I'll do. When I find myself, I've done everything I know to do, and I've done it as good and right as I know, I'll just stand, and I'll stand on his name, and I'll stand on his trust that I have in him, and that's what you and I gotta do. No matter what the fire is or the water flooding is, no matter what the trial or the trouble is, they can come against you, lie on you, persecute you, attack you from every angle, but it don't matter. As a child of God, you just look for the fourth man in the fire. You just look, oh. Hallelujah. You look for the one that's ready to bring deliverance. Because God is going to bring you out. What bronchitis? (laughs) That bronchitis trying to shut me up. I'm not letting it. This is my fourth week. And I think I just sound a little bit more like R.W. Shambach than I ever did. (laughs) If I growl a little bit more, y'all will say amen a thousand more times. (laughs) Who's chained to who? Who's chained to who? When they come against you and they attack you, the enemy himself tries to destroy you. Who's chained to who? You lift up praise and honor to God and watch God come through. And remember what God said in his word. Don't you worry about it. Don't you try to pay him back. Don't you try to make it worse. You just look at him smile and say, in the name of Jesus, I love you. I forgive you. I'm moving on, and I'm not going to be bothered by this one bit. Because you know why? The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. You trust and know that God's going to take care of it. And if God takes care of the battle, you and I don't have to worry about the victor's crown. We'll have it. Amen. Trust in the Lord and lean hard upon Him. I want you to stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. If you have that message, go ahead and give it this morning. Will you lift your hands this morning. Honor the message of the Holy Spirit to us what you've experienced this morning. We find in the Word of God a message given in tongues and an in interpretation. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us by your spirit. We surely will trust you this morning the hard times, you will use them. And Lord, in keeping score, it'll not only bring deliverance to us, but it sends a message of salt and light to the lost world. And it encourages, it strengthens our brothers and our sisters. We honor you and your word today. And Lord, we will hold and embrace it tightly. Minister to your people today, especially those finding themselves in the midst of battle. Encourage them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Encourage them, Lord. Rise up as their healer. Cover them with your wings. as in Psalm 91. We give our battles, we give our stresses, we give our trials, we give them to you. We honor you and we bless your name. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you're here and you're fighting a battle, you find yourself in the midst of one of the fiercest. I know this isn't just for a headache, although that would be bad enough, but I mean you're going through One of the most difficult times of your life. You find yourself in a battle for strength, for deliverance. And this message from God speaks directly to your spirit. And you'd acknowledge him today. Would you just slip up your hand and write back down. Amen. Amen. Hands up all over the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Perhaps you need Jesus in your life. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You don't have this relationship with him. You go through troubles, but you go through them alone. You go through trials. You're standing right on the edge of a cliff in your life, and you are by yourself. You need Jesus this morning. You need him, and he's here, and he loves you. He wants you to know his presence and power in your heart. I'm going to ask if you're going through that battle, you're going through that trial, and You would want to respond to the Lord. I believe when you step out, you're literally going to be empowered. God's going to empower you today. I believe this word is for you, and he's going to strengthen you. I want you to bring that issue, that concern, that circumstance, to bring it to this altar. And If you don't know Jesus, I want you to come with him. We're going to pray together. We're going to do that today in this altar. Would you come just all over? Would you just begin to move now? I'm in that battle, and I want prayer today, Pastor. I'm Fighting. If our pastors would come, please. Amen. As these are coming, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. I'm I'm believing that God is going to bring to pass a victory in your life. Right now, all you needed to know was to have courage and to be bold in trusting him. Because I'm telling you, you're already headed out. You're going to come out. God's going to bring you through and out of this. You're going to give him glory. You're going to give him honor. Your testimony is going to be large. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you've come and you need Jesus, we're going to pray that prayer as well. All over this sanctuary, if you need to accept Jesus into your life, it's not a magic formula prayer, it's a prayer that comes from your heart. When you pray this prayer, if, it, if it's something you believe down inside you, God's going to use it to change your whole life. It's not the words, it's, from, it's what's from your heart. So we're going to pray this prayer right now. And I'd ask everyone, we're going to pray for these needs in a moment. But I want us to pray for these that need Jesus. If you're here, whether you came or you didn't come, you're standing back, I want you to pray a prayer that will receive Christ into your life. you got to believe that he's the son of God, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead for you, and that he purchased your salvation. And salvation only comes from him. If you can declare he's the son of God, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Let's all pray it together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. Be the Lord of my life. I give you myself complete surrender. Strengthen me and keep me all the days of my life until you come for me. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Now I want you right where you are. Perhaps you're not, you didn't come down. I want those of you in the altar, I want you to just lightly put a hand on someone's shoulder. Just connect real lightly with them. Not wanting to be offensive, just wanting to make a connection with them. And if you would, would you do that out there where you are? Someone standing beside you may need prayer this morning. I want us to become a congruent for prayer in this very house. Pray for one another. Would you do that? Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We pray for our brothers, our sisters. We lift them up to you, God. They're going through some of these, are going through the most difficult time of their life. They're going through a trial. They're going through trouble. But God, you are the healer. You are the deliverer. We thank you for this today. what cannot be done in our own strength. We've tried to figure it out through our own mind and we've tried to talk it out but God we can't find answers in our own strength. We, God we look to you today. You are the deliverer and Lord we know you are going to take us by the hand and lead us out of this trial, out of this dark place, out of this place God where we have felt there is no hope but God we believe you today we're encouraged today, we're bold today because we know that Lord, you are in control. We give you honor and we give you praise. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Strengthen our brothers. Strengthen our sisters. Touch them by your Holy Spirit. And let the power and the presence of God restore joy in their soul. And touch them with the fruits of righteousness, Lord. Let them feel and sense the mighty hand of God as you bring deliverance in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for it. We give you honor and we give you praise, for it's in your name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. While these continue to pray, would you help me? Let's give the Lord great praise today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Today, before you go, we want to just remind you of next week's schedule. We will meet here at 10 o'clock a.m. next Sunday morning. There will be one service at 10 a.m., and right at 10 a.m. will be the ribbon-cutting for our dedication for our new building, and then the service will follow right after that. Les Higgins, our state overseer, will be here. It's going to be a wonderful day, a great time for us to be together. And, then, of course, at night at 6 o'clock is our Thanksgiving service. Yes, please, be here next Sunday. Bishop Les Higgins will be here. We're going to start at 10. Ribbon cutting is right at 10. So get here about 15 minutes early and then come for church. We won't have our 8.30 service and we won't start at 10.40. We'll start at 10 o'clock next Sunday, all right? Be sure and be here. God bless you. It's going to be a great day. And don't forget to come back on that Sunday night because we're going to have apple cider and donuts. God bless you.